Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. We're glad that you've tuned in. A few things we wanted to tell you at the beginning of the show, and that's this podcast was created to be a tool to help you, primarily to discover and grow your EQ. Science and our own lived experiences confirm that the better we are at managing our emotions, the better we're going to be at making decisions, which leads to a better life. And that's something we all want. We're glad that you've taken out the time today to listen and hope that something that you hear will lead to a breakthrough. Hey, one last thing. We'd really appreciate a review on whichever platform you use to listen. And if you want to, leave some comments about what you heard today, as well as follow and subscribe. That way you won't miss a single episode as we continue this journey. And with that, the show begins. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. My name is Eric Pennington, and joining me as always is Jeff East with the Spirit of EQ. How are you, Jeff? I'm doing fine, and I hope everyone else is. Today's episode is supporting those dealing with stress and anxiety. Life is a journey. Spirit of EQ helps shape and guide the road ahead for individuals, leaders, teams, and organizations striving to realize their full potential through emotional intelligence. Spirit of EQ is a coaching and consulting company that assists individuals and businesses to reach their full potential by developing emotional intelligence. In business, managers and leaders recognize the value of training to develop leadership skills. What they may not realize is that those skills are far more effective when they pay attention to not only performance, but also to people. Emotional intelligence is a crucial skill because people drive performance and emotions drive people. Jeff, uh, a few episodes ago, we talked a little bit about your personal journey with mm -hmm. anxiety, and it, it was a powerful episode. We had a lot of great response to it. And I thought, uh, based on that, where we could go with it, and then you brought up the idea about, well, what about the support? What about, mm -hmm. you know, how do, how do you support someone? Because, you know, we, I, th I know we talked a little bit about that in the episode about some of the things you have, but I think we wanted to explore in depth because I know in my own journey, when I have had relatives, uh, friends who are struggling with some type of issue uh, relating, um, you can feel helpless sometimes. Exactly. Because you, 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 you want to, you, it goes from, okay, here's what you need to do. Or it goes to, I don't know what to say, or maybe somewhere in between. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so, Today's episode, maybe we can talk a bit about some of the things that maybe helped you personally support perspective, mm -hmm. and then maybe something for the some things for the audience that they could maybe use uh, to do that. Um, in today's unsettled world, um, it's obvious, right? People are struggling with stress and anxiety at levels probably we haven't seen for a very long time. Yeah, I w it would be interesting to see some kind of comparison to today to what it was two years ago. I know you those pre-pandemic, pre-pandemic. I know those numbers would just be skyrocketing. What's interesting, um, Jeff, and I, 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 I had this happen with um, a trainer who I, I was involved. You know the certification pathways that we we get on, and um, 
the trainer was talking about, you know, some of the the challenges and and getting people to, you know, kind of manage their own thing and be able to follow up on their own. And I immediately thought, man, I hope I wasn't one of those students, right? <laughs> one of those students who constantly bugged them, constantly said, hey, where do I find this? And then they have to send me five emails to get me to do. Because <laughs> I felt really bad for her, right? But then I thought, because you mentioned, well, with the levels of anxiety out there right now, it's not a big deal. And I go, oh my gosh, I, I just thought about that. What anxiety could do to even just the functioning of what we might consider to be normal functioning um, behavior and health, right? Going to the grocery store. Yeah. Yeah. Because we take that for granted. Or I would say I would, because for me, going to the grocery store is, I mean, I got it. Actually, I hate doing it. I mean, I do too. <laughs> but you know what I mean? But it is normally something that I handle with, with don't even think about. And then now, I hate going to the grocery store. I hate doing self-checkout. And half the time, that's what you got to do because yeah. they don't have people they, to they check have out. People. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a great point. Um, so this this anxiousness, this anxiety, this stress, and all of the above, um, you know, it is, I mean, it's permeating things, right? I mean, it's mm -hmm. coloring about how we're we're doing what we, we do. Um, so... Tell me about the role about having clear and firm boundaries and what part that plays in some of this. I think any time that uh, you are called to help someone, be involved with someone, to support them, mm -hmm. at least in your own mind, you need to know where it stops, what the boundaries are. Mm -hmm. um, that um, Is that for your own personal uh, health, or is it for both? Both. It's actually for both. Uh, for your own personal health, uh, you need to know what you can handle, what you um, are able to take. You know, um, you know, do a self evaluation. Maybe okay. I, I I am good at at these things and not those, so I can't. I'm not going to go into those areas where I know I'd probably do damage. So a great example might be. You know, if I'm going to do that self-evaluation, do you think there's value in having a trusted friend, trusted family member that you could go to and say, hey, you know, I'm thinking that I'm going to set these boundaries. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me if I'm being too extreme or could you tell me if I'm not being strong enough? Is yeah, that I, I, that, that's always a good thing. Somebody that knows you, um, as an example, one of our competencies is empathy. Right. If you have high empathy, you're going to have to set a boundary with that because your empathy could override your uh, decision making mm -hmm. uh yeah. that kind of thing that almost you know, uh, almost in that light of okay well the consequential thinking of yes, okay what's the cost and benefit if i take this particular path mm -hmm. right right yeah. and also to know there's there's going to be a point and it's just the same way when we are doing our our practice of eq with people there's going to come a point where Okay, this needs to be handled by maybe a professional. Like a clinician. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, one of the things that, you know, as you mentioned that, and I think about, um, you know, I, I heard this from a very wise man that it went something to the effect of at some levels, people, they have to own 
their issues, mm-hmm. right? They, they have to own them. And, and I want to be clear here uh, for our audience. When I mean own, that does not mean that you need to make it a part of you as in your identity, meaning, well, uh, I have an issue with anxiety, so therefore I'm anxiety ridden. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a separation thing. Owning it means if I know that I have anxiety, then I need to do the things necessary for me to get the help. I need to necessary. I need to know what my support network is. I need to know about what kind of boundaries I'm going to set. All of those things. That's what I mean by owning it. Right. Um, the and I, I say it that way, Jeff, because I don't want anybody to be confused to thinking that I'm saying own it, as in own your stuff and you're that person. It's really about. I can give you all the support in the world, right? But I can't do it for you. Exactly. Okay. okay. Yeah, we're most times when you know you're you're wanting to be there for someone, it's the being there is the most important. Because right. I know from my experience, um, I felt alone when I was dealing with it, mm-hmm. um, and having. I was blessed to have a, a good support group, people from the, the small little church I was a member of, family, yep. uh, work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I didn't feel alone because I had people that I knew cared. So what about those situations where, and, and I know this is maybe a worn out cliche, if not a stereotype, that you know, men typically want to fix things, right? I hear that. <laughs> Um, and I know it's not just men. I think it has to do with just general personality makeup. But if you're a person that when you hear somebody going through something like anxiety, well, I want to fix it, Jeff. I want to, I want to fix your problem. I, I want to give you answers. There, there's a number one, what are your thoughts on that? And then number <laughs> two, I'm, I'm going to kind of sort of pivot that into one of the previous episodes we did on listening and what active listening can do. But let's tackle that first. You encounter someone, I want to fix it for them. Well, a couple things to think about. One is what worked for you in that situation worked for you. There's no guarantee that it's going to work for that other person because you're two different people. Jeff, I got to tell you, man, and I know that in previous episodes we've sort of taken our shots at social media, and I'm not anti-social media, (laughs) but I've had these conversations with multiple people over time that just because you experienced this one thing does not mean the rest of the world is as well. Right. You, You have to remember to keep that in context, and I think that's beautiful how you mentioned that, is that I might have been able to go to a counselor and my issues were fixed in a month. That doesn't mean it's going to be a month for you, and I shouldn't like project that onto you. Is that yeah. kind of where you were going yeah, with that? You know, meditation works for me. Mm-hmm. It might not work for you. So that's that's the fixing. Uh, <laughs> if you take your car that has problems to a good mechanic, he's going to diagnose it. <laughs> yeah, He's going to find out what's wrong with it. He's just not going to start doing stuff. You know, okay, I'm going to do an oil change, but my radio doesn't work. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And in this case, I mean, since we're talking about support from a, quote, layman's perspective or, or non-clinical perspective, um, what's the power in listening? How, how does that contribute to a really good outcome? 
well, like I said, you know, I felt alone. Most people, they feel alone, like this is, I'm the only person this is happening to. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can actively listen, like we talked about in that episode, you know, do the things that are part of active listening, you know, show that you're listening, you know, have your body language open, you know, pay attention to the person. Uh, right now, Eric is nodding a little bit as I'm talking. So those kind of things, uh, ask appropriate questions. Now, so, okay, you said this. What did you mean by that? You know, dig in a little deeper. Those are coaching questions too. Right. Uh, and there's some things you don't do, you know, don't be, don't do me too-isms. Well, or try to outdo them with their problem. Yeah, as in, you, well, you had a problem with anxiety. Well, I had a problem with depression. And um, my doctor said I was lucky to get out of that, you know. Yeah. You did, yeah, get you. Totally that, get that. that. Yeah, that doesn't help. Yeah. Um, but let the person feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, um, don't criticize. Well, if you wouldn't have done that, you would be better mm-hmm. off. Um, now, does that, you know, you're mentioning some of those things, Jeff, and I, I th- immediately go to um, the idea of self-awareness. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're in a support situation, you know, and maybe it's something you need to work on before you start offering support, mm-hmm. have some self-awareness. Know, know that, boy, I have a tendency to want to just be real harsh, like, hey, you need to get this done or you shouldn't have done. Uh, if if you're not aware that you do that, you should be mm-hmm. because everybody's different. But most people that I've encountered with multiple different types of personalities and outlooks don't respond well to someone that gives them you should have done X. Because guess what? You already knew you should have done it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Right. Or yeah. not done it. Yeah. So that's almost like, duh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Help me get out of the hole. Don't tell me how I dug it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So just being very open, um, make it a safe space. We use that term a lot, but yeah. it's important. And for me, um, when somebody is is willing to share that, I consider it a sacred place. Yeah. You know, we, we get caught up in sacred being like a sacred place is in a cathedral. But I think anytime people are sharing deeply, that's a sacred space for me, and it needs and, to be honored. Yeah, and I would tell you, Jeff, I know what I try to do, and, and I'm human, so it happens, you know, where my thoughts might stray and I might begin to think about something that's supposed to happen, you know, five hours from now or something. I, I really believe, like what you're saying, that the, the active listener, the being present with mm-hmm. the person— because in the end, I can't solve your problem. I, I don't have like a I don't have this reservoir of tricks and and solutions that if you just do this, you'll get this. So why not just be there? Be there. Allow them to state what they think mm-hmm. might help. That that's the what what you're trying to do is give them a space where they can think this through mm-hmm. non-judgmentally. Yep. And most of the time people will come up with their own issue, uh, that issue, you know, or most their own resolution. And that resolution could be, 
man, I, I, I need to go see someone. I yeah. need to, you know, do that or what, you know, whatever that might be. Well, it's also, uh, I would think, and you tell me from your experience, it kind of injects a bit of hope into your world, does it not? I mean, when someone who's saying, not saying, when someone is being present mm-hmm. and listening, isn't that, a, isn't that an injection of hope? Yes, it is, because it, it does a couple things. One, that if that person is truly being there for you, they're giving you worth. They're, they're giving themselves up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, obvious things of time and things like that, but they are willing to take on, I guess through empathy, mm-hmm. what you're feeling. They're, they're trying to put themselves in your place, not to fix it, but to understand where you are. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, if people realize that it really is not a case of where you're supporting by fixing, mm-hmm. you're just being present for that person in that moment or moments of time for them to feel that they're being heard. I'm, I'm going to go a little biblical on this. All right, biblical. In the, in the book of Job, Yep. Job had all these things happen, but his friends showed up. Some of his friends showed up, and they were fantastic for a while. Then they started talking and telling <laughs> him what he should do. So be like the before friends of Job. And you want to, Jeff, I mean, again, you're going biblical, but the sort of that big part of that story, what they did at the beginning, didn't they just sit with him? They and... just sat with him for days. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So there's an old saying, right? Um, I'm probably going to butcher it, but this idea about um, help change people for the good or help people find the good and when necessary, use words. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I may be butchering it, but it's just that idea that, you know, if if you're thinking that, hey, you got to go into a counseling session and you're going to be the counselor and you're going to you're going to listen to the person's problems or what they're anxious or have anxiety about. And you're going to you're going to have to help them with a solution. It really isn't. And I, I don't know where we got that from. Well, the, the, the counselor that I saw when I was dealing with anxiety, he didn't tell me anything to do. He just allowed me to figure it out. Yeah. He gave me a book that was very helpful, but uh, he didn't, you have to go home and do this, and you can't do that anymore, and this, that, and the other thing. Well, if a professional clinician, right, is doing it that way, Mm -hmm. why would we think, as average, (laughs) ordinary people, like we've got to one-up that. Right. (laughs) There's there's a correlation here, right? I mean, Uh if the professional says... No, I'm not going to solve it for you. What are we doing thinking that we're there to solve it? And don't get me wrong. I I have family members, and I, I, I'm sure I've done it myself. I feel so bad that you're in this place. I don't want you to go through mm-hmm. this. So I'm, I feel pressure to try to figure out how to get you out of it. I totally understand that. Totally get that. Mm-hmm. However, I think you made a great point as someone who has gone through it, has dealt with it. The best help is to being heard and someone mm-hmm. who's actively listening to you. Yes, and uh, yeah, I, I can't emphasize that enough. Just if if you whatever the person that that you're being called, and I, I like to use that word called, something is inside of you saying, mm-hmm. "I need to do this." Yep. 
um, as it relates to giving support, to giving support, mm-hmm. give them the space, let them be what they need to be. They, you know, they may just want to have a shoulder to cry on. Yeah, you know, they may just want to uh, just to be listened to. You know, I say that over and over again, but. Um, you know, I've been involved. I think we. I think we uh, I'm cutting you off. I'm sorry. I, I. I think we underestimate the power of that. I mean, I'm. I'm in my mind. I'm going, Jeff. I mean, when 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 somebody just, hey, what's going on? Tell me. Tell me more. Uh, I, why? What? How? I mean, that's a statement of their belief in you and your worth, right? But and, make sure you mean it when you say it. Okay. Very good. <laughs> Because I was going to go there. <laughs> okay. Uh, it, it's kind of like a warning, right? Mm-hmm. If you cannot authentically be there, and and maybe in some situations, maybe you shouldn't be the support for the person. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's not a judgment. But if you know, no, I can't. I can't. I Don't go. No. Don't, don't go. Don't do it out of some obligation or, or a feeling of, you know, this need to, again, to fix them. Mm-hmm. Um, just step aside, you know. There's somebody there for them. The right person. The right person. All right, Jeff. So here, here goes. You were blessed, right, with having a good support network. I'll mm-hmm. call it. What about that person listening out there that says, "I don't have anybody." <laughs> you, you, you might be able to find that in social media. There are groups, you know, different different kind of groups that that get together. So that'd be one suggestion is to maybe look at some kind of social media group. Be careful related. with it. Yes. That, oh yeah. Be that, careful. You know, that if you do try something out, uh, how do you feel afterwards? Do you feel like, okay, that, that anxiety, that stress, okay, I feel it loosening up a little bit. Or do you feel more because all people want to do is, com- you know, complain about the, about it, you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, if you don't have anybody, then probably to go to the professional is yeah, the counselor is the a, counselor yeah. is probably your yeah, best. Yeah, because bet. you know, I again, I, I I try to position a lot of what we say here that you know it it is a it is a it is about being non dualistic and curious, right? Mm-hmm. So no one should feel like if you go to a clinician, oh, I had to because I had no choice. Mm-hmm. I had to go to a, see a psychiatrist or no, no, no. You're you have options, right? You you're going to what options are available to you, and maybe if you have that strong network of family, friends, and coworkers like you had, maybe that would suffice. Maybe not, but I I still needed to go see someone, okay, right? But the idea, if you're a person that says I don't have anyone, um, or you don't have anyone you trust, or you don't have anyone that would be willing to, going to a counselor is not a sign of defeat. No. Um, it, it's like anything else that people are struggling struggling with. If you don't acknowledge that you have the problem, it'll never get better. You have to acknowledge, okay, I I am. I, this stress is killing me. This anxiety, you know, I I can't sleep. Uh, I'm worried about everything. Yeah, and what I'm about to say within that, Jeff. Um, because the messaging that you're hearing, seeing all over the place is totally contrary to what I'm about to say. I'll never forget hearing from a speaker, John Maxwell, 
Okay. And it went something like this. You got problems. I got problems. All of God's children have problems. <laughs> right. And I use that because the world will try to fool you to think you're the only one. <laughs> the world will try to fool you to say, you know, everybody's doing great, but you. And what's wrong with you? And what's wrong with you? Why can't you get it together? All that stuff. I just want to tell you folks out there, that is a lie. Mm-hmm. It's a total lie because Every single person has something or some things that they're struggling with, trying to work through, trying to figure out. It's just the courageous ones, and I don't want to elevate here, Jeff. You're courageous. You're courageous in saying, I'm willing to talk about it. I'm willing to acknowledge. I'm willing to say, this is something I struggled with. The people that hide it and try to give you the impression that all's great, no problems here, I don't need to go see a counselor Folks, I'm sorry. That, that, that's not. And the, the breaking point is going to be a lot more dramatic. <laughs> and that's 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 an interesting spot that you bring up, Jeff. Because did you have a time, I mean, when this all came down where you thought, well, I can just, I, I don't need this. I, I, can, I can figure it out on my own. I, I'm, it's, I don't have this problem. I, mean, I, 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 I was lucky because. The first person I went and saw mm-hmm. was our family doctor. Okay. Um, Did you do it like when you, the same day? That, oh, okay. That so when this because this this came so out of the blue for me, right? Uh, and she was just fantastic. I'm my my new doctor is really really good, but we really right. miss her. Yeah. She retired, um, but she said the right things. Some of the stuff that what, what we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. That, you know, this is not a sign of weakness. This is a sign of uh, just life going on. We may find out what caused it. We may not. Yeah. But you're not alone. Um, you know, we'll get through this. You know, she gave me the, the, the person that she wanted me to see. She, right. picked, she picked that person out because she'd been doing this a long time. Yeah. But, but I was lucky that way. That And then— uh, my wife was supportive, and then that's you know, those people around me were supportive. Yeah. When yeah. when I was making these decisions yeah. and and dealing with it, so I was blessed that way. So when we look at the dynamics of what um, goes on, meaning I I know that there's a ton of the messaging that is kind of contrary, even though, and America is a very anymore. I, I look at our country as a very fascinating and ironic place. Mm-hmm. You know, in a previous episode, we had Quincy Williams on and I'm, we were talking about, you know, all this information at our disposal and like that. We're so well-informed. We're so technologically advanced. The wealth of our nation is, I mean, enviable, right? Mm-hmm. Yet when we talk about this kind of stuff, it's almost like crickets. Except, as you probably realize, Jeff, you can get a lot of social media action about mental well-being, mental health, mental health, got to mental health, mental mm-hmm. health. And I'm always suspicious when that starts getting trumpeted in the way that it is because it sometimes I think gives people a, a sense that oh, you mean there's there's a place I can go, there's a thing I can do and I can fix this. <laughs> Even with your support, did it fix it overnight? 
oh no um it took practice was it a quick fix i guess it, maybe it, that's no it, it was saying. not a quick fix um and it's it started with some weird stuff the the person i did uh, was working with he goes i want you to to drive over to the walmart walk in the front door and walk all the way to the back and back out didn't happen the first time mm. um so it took time it took yeah. it took uh work on my part and luckily you know the people around me knew that i was doing that and yeah. and were able to support you know what's going on and were those it, people patient with you Yes, they, they were very patient. Um, and, you know, this is the kind of thing I can still fall back into that. I have, sure. to, I, you know, I, I can't remember exactly what we talked about, but I have to, you know, remember or think about situations I'm going into. Mm-hmm. Like if I would fly somewhere and I didn't mentally prepare to get on a plane where I'm going to be stuck in this thing and can't get out and walk you know, across yeah. the street, I would have problems, but I have to mentally prepare. Yeah. So it's it's an ongoing thing. So I'm going to come back to the patience thing again. Again, speaking to those who are providing the support mm-hmm. or thinking about providing the support, um, is that a key ingredient that they prepare themselves that you, you got to be patient? Yeah. If if you are once again called to help someone. Mm-hmm. You have to be there for the long haul, because I think the worst thing could do was would be you just stop, and you know. Right. Now, like I said before, if if you realize that this person needs to see someone else, mm-hmm. that you know you you say that in in a loving way, but you still are there for them. Yeah. You know they, you know, uh, in my case. I had some people that when we worked, when I worked with the person, the the professional, um, there were people that I could share what I was supposed to be doing so they could support me in that. So that was the patience people had. Well, and I also will tell you that um, there is also the other side of the coin that is is right and and reasonable, uh, and I've experienced this. If, if you're supporting someone who's not willing to own mm-hmm. and to work on what is hurting them, there may be a day where you might have to say in a loving way, I can't be the source of support for you because you're not willing to do the things that will bring you to better health. You probably need to seek that out somewhere else mm-hmm. and, and that's okay because what I also don't believe is healthy is when it becomes a enablement codependent situation because, and again, speaking from my own experience, where the person begins to feel like like their their issue is them, and mm-hmm. therefore it's just a part of who I am. It's just it's just what what I'm doing. It's just well, that may be very well true if you're an artist or you are uh, a craftsman and you this is the kind of work you do or you know hey I like this style of music I mean those things may be a part of who you are mm-hmm. but if something is harming you or causing you harm or causing your health to be less than it should be then it's not something to live with no um 
and, and I'm going to be cl- clear, uh, okay. Jeff. When I say live with, I mean where you live with it and you you see it as a normal, okay thing. I don't mean because it is going to live with you at a certain level mm-hmm. because you're 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 grappling with it. You're 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 struggling with it. You're you're working on it. You're trying to get better. So I I just want to provide that clarity because I yeah. please don't misunderstand me uh, when I say that. There has to be a willingness to get better. Yeah. You have to want that. Yeah. Uh, because if not, you won't. You know, yeah. That's, you know, that's it, the cold, hard reality of it, right? If, you, if you've got an infection, you can take medicine and it's going to get rid of the infection. Okay, all you have to do is take the medicine. But if you want to do this, it's going to take work. Yeah. But I like, I like where you went there with the medicine too. Because if you had an infection... And Lord knows, I've been there, you've been there, you know, where you said, well, it'll be fine, it's nothing. <laughs> but the reality is, if there's really a problem, mm-hmm. it's not going to get better until you address it. And address it, whether it's professional or whether it's in community support or family support. But the idea that somehow I can just ignore it. Yeah, and and also, I wasn't thinking about this when I mentioned medicine, there was medicine involved, but that mm. was just a part of it. Yeah. You know, it wasn't something that, uh, you know, it was very clear this is not going to be a cure-all. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to have to, you know, you'll have to make some habit changes and yeah. and be more aware of what's going on. So, uh, Jeff, in a minute, I want to get to some of the EQ competencies that might people might find useful in and offering this support. But something that's been on my mind uh, here lately is that definition of um, what is fundamental and maybe what is circumstantial. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you know, in certain quadrants, you know, there's some people that uh, when we talk about trauma, you know, everything is trauma. Well, no, not everything is trauma. In, in in as much as that, yes, you could have been traumatized, but not everything is a trip to go see a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Some things in life are bumps in the road. They're circumstantial things. You, you hit the bump, happened to be a nail in the road. You got a flat tire. You had to pull over to the side of the road. Mm-hmm. Who would have thunk? That's different than a fundamental thing where... It not only happened with that nail, but it's now has something to do with the way the tires are made and the tires are made a certain way that you need to get to a tire shop to have them look at it. And then they discover, you know, you got issues with your brakes. That's what's been causing this. Mm -hmm. That's fundamental. That's not something where you can kind of go, well, you know, life happens. Do you think it's important to be able to define the difference yeah, I, I I think maybe the way I would look at it is it a um, instance or is it a recurring a, recurring? Because when you mentioned when you had the first episode, mm-hmm. you had all the telltale signs of a panic attack, mm-hmm. right? And and that's where I'm going. I mean, there was no denying it. It wasn't it, it wasn't a case where something. Oh, Jeff, that happens to everybody. You knew based on one, two, and three, right? Okay, I'm having a panic attack. 
which led you to go further mm-hmm. versus you sitting in traffic that day and going, I'm just so pissed that I got to sit here. Oh my gosh. I had to wait 30 seconds. Oh, I think I need to go see it. You, you see where I'm going. Yeah. Yeah. The, there's life, which is what you're talking about. Yeah. There, there's going to be things, you know, anybody that says everything goes perfectly every day. No, that doesn't happen. It's how you respond to it. And hear me out audience. I, I'm saying this so that you do not miss focusing on the things that are truly fundamental and are a threat to you. Because if you start mixing everything into that bucket, Mm -hmm. we only have so much room in there for the vital stuff that needs to be addressed. If it's clouded or if it's crammed in and covered up over by things that are just life of things, it's going to make it harder for you yeah. To address the true problems. Yeah. And, That's where I'm going with that. Am I upset because, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm going to be late, and I'm I'm just pissed off, like you said, because yeah. there's traffic, or I think I'm going to die. Yeah. I mean, you've, I'm sure you felt your heart rate was racing at a mm-hmm. probably a level that you hadn't experienced before. Right. And that's really something that's vital, uh, Jeff, and I, I maybe I'm being this overly resounding gong, but if you're adding into that bucket things that are just life things that everybody's got to deal with, you're going to make it harder to get to the root of what your true issue is, right? Right. And one of the things I think helped me, and I didn't realize it at that time, but now the the small group that I – support group, book club, I don't know exactly what you call <laughs> it, but we get together on, on Sunday nights and we're going through a book called uh, The Road Back to You. Oh, awesome book. Which is about the Enneagram. And I'm a nine on the Enneagram, and one of the things that I think helped me was because a nine, when they're in the healthy spot, can differentiate what is really important and needs my attention and mm-hmm. what is, oh, well, don't worry about it. Yeah. And that, I think that's what you're talking about. What, what really needs to be taken yeah, care that's, of. Yeah, that's a great way of describing or, it. Or, you know, what is, like you said, it's just a nail in a tire. I'll get it fixed and going about my day. Yeah, yeah. And I'm a four, by the way. So, um, <laughs> a great book, uh, by the way. That 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 is a fantastic book. Um, we even we bought the study guide for it. So. Oh my gosh, you guys are going deep with it. Yes. Um, so um, let's talk about EQ competencies. So someone who out there who has uh, either experienced our work uh, in the settings that we do the work with individuals and organizations, or if you're familiar with. Um, some of the EQ work of six seconds, for example, um, there are these competencies mm-hmm. and these competencies are really tools in our toolbox to address multiple things of life and including something like what we're talking about today. So if you had to name one or two competencies and what they can do, maybe sort of their meaning and then what they could do to help somebody who's in that role or again, potentially in a role of offering support to somebody. I think for me, the first one is is the first competency we talk about is emotional literacy. And that's not just about understanding your feelings, but if you can, you know, if you're in paying attention to what other people are feeling, you know, uh, emotional literacy would be you come into work in the morning and you say you pass somebody's office and you say, "How you doing this morning?" And they go, "Okay." Emotional literacy should kick in and go, "They're not doing okay." Mm-hmm. Can it be as overt as someone? Let's say you're in walking in that office <laughs> and you bypass you pass that office and mm-hmm. how you doing? And they say, 
okay, but I got to tell you, Jeff, I'm really feeling apprehensive about that announcement today at four. Mm-hmm. Emotionally literate person goes apprehension. That's not too far away from fear. Maybe I should. Is that yeah. kind of where you're going? Yeah. You know, you, you recognize that this person is not okay, despite the words that came out of their mouth. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, your natural empathy can kick into that too. You know, yeah, I, I'm a little bit worried about that announcement. You know, they're keeping top secret and, you know, what's happening? Are we moving to whatever? You know, you don't know what it is. So yeah, there, there's there's the being the emotional literacy, the empathy. I think is important. I think you need to keep a close watch on consequential thinking. You know, to to make sure that when you're thinking of this, that you're not um, you know the consequences of what you're saying or doing. And that's that's the 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 boundaries again that. No, I don't want to get them or myself into trouble. Well, those are great, Jeff. And for those of you in the audience, that you can check out our show notes uh, for more details and maybe even a refresh of what we've been talking here today. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. One thing that I have been guilty of not doing enough is to ask everyone if you wouldn't mind giving us some feedback, uh, rate us, review us on whatever platform that you pull podcasts your podcast or wherever you subscribe we'd really appreciate that we, we really value the the input and so, if there's a suggestion of something you would like to hear about ah even better so it, that's your platform and we do truly appreciate it thanks for tuning in we look forward to being with you again soon take care hi everyone this is eric pennington with the spirit of eq I'm not introducing a new episode today. I'm here to tell you some things that might help you. Jeff, you're with me as always. So how do people get in touch with us? Well, the best way is just send us an email at info at spiritofeq.com. That's awesome. Jeff, I was also thinking about reviews, and I'm notoriously bad at asking for them, so... Reviews on all of the platforms, wherever you get your podcasts. Yes. you think that'd be good? I think that would be great because, one, that will help us learn how to make better ones. And it's always good for us. So we're, we're not the perfect podcast host? We're close. Okay. All but, right. But, but not, still, not totally we want perfect. your feedback. We want your feedback. But it'll, it also might uh, let us know a new subject. Hey, we need to dig deeper into that. Yeah. So let us know what you think. Cool. We really appreciate that. As always, too, there is social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, and we also have a YouTube channel. Those also have mechanisms or, or options for you to be able to leave a comment, a like, or those kind of things. Just want to make sure that you know how to get in touch with us. Right, Jeff? Right. We appreciate you all. Thank you. Hi, everyone. This is Eric Pennington with The Spirit of EQ. I'm not introducing a new episode today. I'm here to tell you some things that might help you. Jeff, you're with me as always. So how do people get in touch with us? Well, the best way is just send us an email at info at spiritofeq.com. That's awesome. Jeff, I was also thinking about reviews, and I'm notoriously bad at asking for them, so... Reviews on all of the platforms, wherever you get your podcasts. Do you think that'd be good? I think that would be great because, one, that will help us learn how to make better ones. 
and it's always good for us. So we're, we're not the perfect podcast host. We're close. Okay, but, all right, but, but not, still, not totally. We want perfect. your feedback. We want your feedback. But it it also might uh, let us know a new subject. Hey, we need to dig deeper into that. Yeah. So let us know what you think. Cool. We really appreciate that. As always, too, there is social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, and we also have a YouTube channel. Those also have mechanisms or, or options for you to be able to leave a comment, a like, or those kind of things. Just want to make sure that you know how to get in touch with us. Right, Jeff? Right. We appreciate you all. Thank you. Once again, we really appreciate you tuning in today. One of the things that Jeff and I want to bring to your attention as well is that when we created this podcast, it was not intended to take the place of a clinician. In other words, if you find yourself in a place where there's something deeper going on or something that you cannot solve on your own, we do recommend that you reach out to a clinician of some sort. This podcast is purely opinion-based and it is rooted in the desire to help you along your path in whatever way we can. However, it is never going to replace, nor should it ever be looked at as a replacement for clinical help in any way. Thanks again for tuning in.